Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. This has been a fast weekend. We're already on Monday. Today's date is January the 11th, 2016. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. Mucho gracias. Thank you for the introduction and running the switchboard. All the hours that you do that. It's pretty awesome that we have this opportunity to give these tools to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. I was just speaking to a young man this morning who uh, who did teacher training last year, and uh, he... Uh, is ready to take things to the next level, and seeing that uh, you know, his community is in deep need of uh, of the tools, and he he actually had shared with me that he did a worksheet this morning and uh, just had a major insight into how goals drive the whole process of what's happening in the mind, and I mean he just had insights into the power person dynamic, all kinds of neat stuff, and. Uh, and he's getting ready to uh, to take it to a larger community. He's been since he did teacher training last year. He's been working within his church structure, and he's he's going to do laws of living and plan on uh, on teaching uh, laws of living and bringing it into this community. So that's pretty cool. We certainly appreciate the fact that Susan Darnell is has really set uh, the town of Wilmington, North Carolina, on fire with, and of course, not a literal fire, but the the fire of the presence of love and the willingness to do one's work and to move through the dynamics of hostility and fear and really truly experience and express as a true human being doing their work. So we appreciate the the fact that more and more people are jumping on board and ready to take it and make it available. Of course, Laws of Living is a uh, a different format than the other intensives that we do because it's a couple of hundred pages of textbook material that of course makes it a little easier to uh, to share and it's done in the Socratic method of asking questions and then introducing just a whole series of tools and so we're we're delighted and honored that uh, that 
people are picking that up and expanding it out. And if you're ready to uh, to shift, you know, the other thing that uh, doing laws of living does is it uh, creates an income stream. And so, if you're ready to uh, to start to move in the direction of doing more of uh, of what you're really here for, and what you're really here for is to bring healing and insight to the planet, then you might want to look at the schedule for laws of living, which is going to start in actually it's about what three weeks, four weeks now. We'll be in Orlando and start on the 18th of February. 18th of February till March the 4th, the 16-day residential laws of living. We had this awesome, beautiful, uh, big seven-bedroom house, really nicely appointed place that uh, we'll be doing the intensive in. Uh, Ari's flying into Orlando, and he's excited. He's got a bunch of new recipes to share with us. So so it's going to be a, an interesting month. We, of course, start with uh, with January or uh, February the 1st with a nine-day codependence to interdependence. And then we'll move into a 16-day codependence to interdependence communication practicum. So that practicum starts on the 1st of February. And there's several different ways to participate. There's a nine-day segment. And then the nine-day will expand out. And people who can do 10 can do 10. Those who can do 11 can stay for 11, 12, up to 16 days. Before, we'll take off a day and regroup and uh, start loss of living. So if you're ready to take your work to the next level, it's going to be uh, very intense. Each intensive will be pretty intense, more more personalized than usual. It's limited to 10 participants, and uh, things are, are close to getting full on the laws of living front. We've still got several spaces in uh, in the codependence, so if you're ready to do some work, pick up the phone, give us a call, and let's get connected and get you set up to come and play. And beyond that, uh, I was talking to someone else a couple of days ago about communication and and about the apology tool and and we really didn't bring this tool up in the uh, discussion we had about all the different tools that we teach different workshops and such but uh, I just wanted to quickly throw it out because people oftentimes like to do the first part of it but they don't necessarily get in engaged in the second part of the apology tool and the apology tool basically says, please don't ever say you're sorry for anything ever again. People who go around, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, end up being pretty sorry people. They create out of their words. Remember this guy, Yeshua, 2,000 years ago, who understood the physics of how things work, said the power of life and death is in our words. You don't want to be sorry. But if you've done something that's off base, it is absolutely appropriate to take responsibility for that and to extend an apology. You know, geez, I realized that yesterday when I walked past you, I wasn't paying attention. I stepped on your toes and I apologize. That's the first half of the tool. Now, if if you get into, and the reason why you want to let go of being sorry is one, creating a sorry life, but two, when you recognize we live in an energetic world and it's the energetic dynamics bring things into perception and drive behavior. If I tell you I'm sorry, of course I'm going to be telling you what I'm sorry for. And so my mind is now focused on the error and I've got your mind successfully focused on the error. If I tell you how sorry I am and what's going to tend to happen when the energy of those two join, there's going to tend to be creative potential there and I'm going to tend to create and do because I've reinforced the energy in me, do more of what I'm sorry for. The apology tool means, I say, 
gee, you know, that was really off base. I apologize. So I own what I did. And then I want to get your mind to, to join with my mind in creating the alternative behavior that will bring healing. So the first half would look like, gee, you know, I just wasn't paying attention. I stepped on your toes and I apologized. And in the future, I'm really going to pay attention and I'm going to make sure that your toes are safe. So now my mind and your mind are joined in a solution. Which way do you suppose energetically the result is likely to come out? So that's the apology tool that we really didn't uh, didn't talk about when we were um, explaining the different tools that we teach. And once again, Gail, thank you for the uh, the, the clues on pieces that uh, that we need to enhance. And if you have any more, you know, you know our number. Call in, share it with us. So that's uh, that's one thing that I had in my mind for today. And uh, and the other is to uh, to recognize, you know. The power person dynamic is such an all-pervasive dynamic in the world. My take is that it absolutely runs the world. And if you're new to the show or you haven't been in the codependence work at all, then and, – and we're doing codependence different than the world generally does it. Our definition of codependence basically is, or think, as though – you're the cause of something that happens, happening inside of me. I'm in codependence with you. I need you to blame my reality on. And when I live in codependence, what happens is I'm always disempowering myself and working against myself by telling you how you did it to me and thereby dissociating from the part of my mind that did it to me. So as I do that, I recognize that that blame game leaves me in codependence. And when I'm in a codependent state, I'm stuck in the dynamics of my power person relationship. And just to to make it simple, when a power person, and our definition of a power person is someone who had more power over your life than you did at some point in your life, and you perceived it as survival. So it's usually childhood events, and oftentimes a parent, although not necessarily. And that power person who's not functioning out of love engages in an energy that's from the right side of the board, from the hostility and fear side of the board, and tends to resonate in us that same hostility and fear, and then it's reinforced through the environmental experience. Of course, if it's a parent who's the power person, then I also I get kind of the double whammy if I receive that energetic dynamic from them genetically. And when people are, are unconscious of the power person dynamic and are run by it, then there are only three behaviors possible. Until those unconscious dynamics are resolved, there are only three behaviors possible. And the three behaviors relate to the level of stress that we're under. When there's no stress, we'll do whatever we did to get along with our power person. When stress starts to build, we'll do whatever we did to resist and survive with our power person. And when we become ultra-stressed, we'll do what our power person did to us that we hated the most. And that's what runs the world. I mean, when you see somebody who's under great stress and they're doing this, you know, raging behavior, now, 
it's safe to know that you can say to them, it may not be safe to say it. You really have to to think about it because if you're playing John the Baptist, somebody can be reaching out to figuratively or literally take your head off. But you're pretty safe in asking the question when you see somebody under stress do a behavior, how did it feel when your power person did that to you? And if there's any receptivity, that person will probably take a deep breath and start to tap into some pain that they likely didn't even know was there. And if they knew it was there, has always blamed someone else for. And so the power person dynamics tend to run and repeat and repeat and repeat everywhere in people's lives with every relationship. So if, let's say, for instance, if, uh, if the stress is up and you find yourselves in contentious situations with your partner. All you need to know is I feel, I'm feeling a contentious energy between my partner and I, and my stress is up. Now I know that I had a contentious relationship with my power person. That's all. It's just that simple. And while your mind makes up a story that it was they, your partner, your boss, you know, whatever, your friend that caused the contention it's your power person dynamic played out because of your stress level. It's got nothing to do with them. So if you find yourself, for instance, picking at your partner, notice that your power person picked at you. And when your stress is up, you'll pick at your partner. If you find yourself irritated at your partner, notice that your power person spent a lot of time in irritation toward you. All you have to do is watch yourself or someone else when their stress is up and whatever their mind turns to, you're about 99.99999. There might be a 0.000001% chance that it's not accurate, but otherwise you're pretty safe in knowing that's what happened in the power person relationship. So if your power person spends a lot of time in irritation towards you, notice how often you get, quote unquote, you get irritated at your power person or pardon me, at your partner, your friend, your boss, whoever it is, your workmate. And if you realize and you see that happening, then you know that's the next piece of work that you need to do. You know, if you could never do it good enough for your power person, they were always correcting you. Notice that when the stress is up and the chips are down, you're going to be in criticism and trying to correct people. It's just what but you, you know, it's kind of like that, uh, that TV commercial. It's just what you do. <laughs> That's what one does when they're controlled by the power person. And the reason why people don't realize that they are in that dynamic is because they perceived it and labeled it a certain way when coming from their power person. It was criticism. It was irritation. It was contention. But when they do it, the mind labels it differently. So they, they don't, there's no awareness that they're doing to this person in front of them exactly what their power person did to them. And if you've never gone in and experientially processed through your power person dynamics, stop kidding yourself. This is what you do, period. End of story. You don't even have to talk about it anymore. This is what you do. But the reason why people don't know that that's what they're doing is because their mind makes up a story and changes the meaning of what it is that they're doing. 
So for the person that, you know, there's this contentious relationship that repeats what happened with the power person, the person who snaps at the person they've got this contentious energy going with snaps and says, well, you know, I'm just trying to get them to realize what they're doing, to, to correct. So I'm just giving them some help. The person who's, you know, power person was always picking on when they pick on their partner they won't see themselves as picking on their partner they're just saying well you know you really need some help in looking at this so i'm just here to to help you to see this and and see what you're doing so the mind changes the meaning of what's being done but the behavior is the same if you find yourself irritated at someone you know regularly when the stress is up and the chips are down you don't call it you know, that you're irritated at them, you just call it, well, look, you know, when they're so far off base and they do behaviors like that, I mean, what else can I do but be irritated? And notice that your power person had the same story about you. It's just what goes. If your power person kept telling you how, you know, was always in criticism and telling you how you couldn't do it right and what was wrong with you and and always controlling because you could never do it right, you make up a story in your mind when you do that to the people around you. Only it won't be a story about how you're criticizing and controlling. It'll be a story about how, well, you know, just being helpful, just taking care of business, that's all. And so when I realize that power person dynamic and I'm not in my human life, you know, when hostility or fear is active, the power person dynamic is active. If I'm not in my human beingness, and human life looks like this, it flows in aliveness, joy, creativity, smiles, reaching out gently, lovingly, respectfully, embracing those around it. That's what human life looks like, complimenting, uh, joyful conversation. That's what human life looks like. Now, the non-being mind would say, well, well, what, then what you're telling me is I should just be phony. If I'm upset, I should just pretend I'm joyful. No, 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 no. We offer be absolutely, totally, completely, 1,000% honest. If you're in the pits and in rage and upset, then acknowledge to yourself, I'm in the pits and I'm in rage and upset. But stop using the people around you to pretend that it's their fault. When your power person was enraged or upset, they used you as a screen to project their rage and upset on. And they said things to you often like, well, you make me. They were users. They used you as a child. If you never resolve those dynamics, then you become the user. And you wonder why people get upset and irritated and agitated and angry with you because they've got the matching bag of garbage. And when you're using them as a screen on which to project, their stress level will tend to go up and they'll play the same game. That's where you get the matching bags of garbage in relationship. So you want to be totally honest and true with what's there for you. If you're not in joy and aliveness, flowing, touching in delight, only instead of puking on somebody else for it, you do your work. You stop and you go, oh, I'm not in my human life right now. I think instead of 
puking on you and telling you what's wrong with you that's causing me to be this way, and that's our whole definition of codependence, I think what I'll do is take a breath and go, hmm, there's something up in me based in hostility or fear that I need to let go of the belief that it's got anything to do with being caused by somebody around me. I mean, notice that the person you've been blaming it on recently, you knew that energy long before you ever met that person. It's got nothing to do with that person. That's all a lie. But the dynamic of that lie is so common in our culture that it looks normal to believe that way. So, It's not about being phony and being nicey-nice and pretending. It's about if I'm in my irritation, my criticism, my upset, I want to stop and I want to go inside myself and ask the question, where is my human life? It's my aliveness. What happened to my joy? You know, here I am with somebody that I cherish or I say I do, And I'm ready to just whack them any way I can, just like my power person whacked me. I'm ready to look at them through daggers in my eyes, just like my power person looked at me. I'm ready to verbally vomit on them, just like my power person did to me. And in some cases, I'm ready to strike out at them, just like my power person did to me. So you be honest with what's going on, And then you use the tools. And in using the tools, you get to reclaim your human life. How cool is that? You get to actually live as a human being and keep coming back to the presence of love and moving through what never belonged. So you get to shift out of the power person dynamic. You get to go inside the hidden parts of your mind, uncover that, free yourself from it, and then allow life to flow through you with joy, aliveness, and sweetness. You're true, you're honest, and you're doing your work. Now, that means that you may be doing that act of getting in and doing your work 24-7, for a long time. And sometimes you'll have to do that piece of work 30 times a minute or more until you become expert at reclaiming your human life. If you're feeling something that's less than love, then you've given up your human life. You need to stop being an expert at giving up your human life and becoming an expert at claiming your human life, at being responsible for the fact that you're living in love. Now people say, well, but Michael, I mean, you obviously didn't see what just happened. I mean, Don't they deserve my rage after what they did? And I say with you, you know, I saw what they did. It was terrible. It was disgusting. In fact, it may have even been illegal. And yes, I agree with you. They deserve your rage. You're you're right on, man. They deserve for you to pour every bit of puke you can on them. But, That's a tricked question, because while they may deserve it, the real question you need to ask yourself is, do you deserve it? 
because it's your human life that gets lost. It's your joy. It's your creativity. It's your aliveness that gets buried in the hostility or fear that you think you're giving to others. You get the original. They get the carbon copy. Is there anybody in your life that you regularly play out, giving them the look, the voice, the sneer, the breath, or the holding of the breath? And be honest with yourself and own what you are doing to yourself. You will resolve all of your pain when you do that on a regular, ongoing basis. Your so-called body is not designed to acquire aches and pains and get worse and worse and worse all the time. Your human form is designed to incarnate the presence of love, aliveness, and joy. If it's incarnated something else, then we've got work to do. Welcome to the non-human race. (laughs) Become an expert at reclaiming your human life. That's what we're here to support you in. And, of course, that's what we're here learning for ourselves. And so, you know, we teach best that which we most need to learn. I I appreciate Richard Bach for that insight. And we're honored that you're here to learn it and teach it with us. And uh, is Dr. Tim with us today, Jeannie? He is, and he's on. Great. How do you be today, sir? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Well, I don't think I've told you this year how much we really appreciate you and your support and being part of this team, but thank you. Well, you're entirely welcome and deserving, and thank you for all that you do, you and Jeannie, as a team to promote and teach and support people in using this work. I enjoyed the show on Friday, and uh, I, I yeah, we didn't get a word in edgewise for you, did we? <laughs> well, but there were some callers that had their hands up, and I had the thought that I routinely get a chance to speak here, so I should just say I'm doing quite well and glad to be here and listening. And maybe we should ask if there are any callers with hands up today because they didn't get a chance to talk on Friday. Let's go for it, Jeannie. No, nobody has a hand up, and it's quiet in the chat room. So all of you who are waiting to speak on Friday, if you're on the switchboard, please press 1, and that puts you in line. We would love to hear from you. Yeah, I felt like we we got maybe one of the best uh, pieces of coverages of the – the healing process, healing crisis on uh, Friday. And again, I, I thank Gail for that question and opening the space for it. I thought it came together well. It's, so our call, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Well, it's interesting how it things flow on some days. And um, you were clearly in the flow on Friday and, and um, there was another one, I, I think I've mentioned it once before, I've, I've listened to it a number of times since then, but the show from December 30th, um, I have to recommend, it's um, it's one of the best flowing summaries to my 
mind and my ear of this work and blending in Guy Finley's work and Krishnamurti and lots of other stuff. So, but when when the flow starts happening, it's it's just like a download. And um, you know, if I if I wrote out a speech and planned it and rehearsed it, it would never go quite as well as it does when it's just flowing. That's for sure. It's alive. So if you're out there in the, in the chat room or you're on one of those stations where we can't see you in our control panel, our call-in number, if you want to talk to us, is 646-200-4169. And if you push one, once you get on the phone line, you'll be talking to us. We would love to hear from you. Other than that, Tim, are you uh, seeing anything in your practice today in the way of patterns that would be good to bring to the surface and look at? Well, um, we had a, a lovely group on Thursday and watched um, um, the first hour of your four-hour Why Is This Happening to Me Again that was recorded September of 2014. And that sparked people to discuss a little bit about what they heard this time around that they haven't heard before. And then we had a very enlightening worksheet for one person and so that was an update we didn't get to give on Friday. But again, uh, <clears throat> I want to thank you for putting that out on YouTube for free that first hour because anybody who's listening to the show can go find that uh, on YouTube. Why is this happening to me again? The full hour for recorded in September of 2014. And then, I was delighted the way that hour came together. And for anybody who's listening to the show who hasn't accessed it yet, if you just go to our website, whyagain.org, on the right-hand side you'll see a Facebook link and a Twitter link and what have you. And the last link at the bottom is a little red button. That's a YouTube button. If you click that, that'll take you to our YouTube channel, and you'll find that hour. I think the uh, the first hour of the new Why Is This Happening to Me Again is the third or fourth link down in, on our YouTube channel. So. You're welcome to access it. Go ahead, Tim. Well, and then right before the um, show today, I was in a session with somebody who was basically um, in need of reminding uh, what you were just talking about, that, yes, this other person in their life has done this really horrible thing. You know, by all standards, this is not a loving thing. This is a violent thing. This is a an irresponsible thing. And yet, the person sitting in my office was feeling rage, was feeling tension. And this person is in another state, and it happened, you know, days ago or weeks ago. But right in front of me, here's a human being creating and sitting in and stewing in anger and rage and thoughts of vengeance that isn't being caused by anyone or anything outside of that person. So, yeah, maybe that that, that person does deserve a punishment or does deserve to be held accountable, but that's got nothing to do with the pain that was going on in my office right in front of me that was self-created nonsense, self-induced nonsense, as they say. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, how we 
just just how unconscious we can become in those power person dynamics. Well, so one of the things that happened in our session was, and this is a person who has been using the tools quite a bit for the past several years, and one of the things that happened was as I talked and they were kind of batting away everything I was offering them, and I finally got to the position where I said, well, you know, there was a lot of pop psychology years back that talked about how if people were in one abusive relationship after another, then people looking at it would say, you know what, that person must just love the abuse. That's why they're that's why they're in another abusive relationship. <clears throat> and what I came to discover after a lot of years of being in therapy and doing this work is I never met, and here I am 41 and a half years in the process, I've still yet to meet the person who actively wanted to make their life miserable. So that idea that people are doing it because that's what they want to do, creating pain because they like the pain, it just doesn't fit what I've observed. And so I think it makes a whole lot more sense to say everyone on the planet is doing the best they can in each moment with the resources they have. And if I look at the situation that way, it frees me up to send them compassion because if something angry or bitter or hurtful comes out of somebody's mouth, what that tells me is there's pain and fear and sadness inside that person. Because if there wasn't pain and fear and sadness inside that person, it couldn't be coming out. If ugliness and pain wasn't inside, it couldn't come spewing out on others. So if I take a breath and I realize everybody in the world is doing the best they can with the resources they have at this moment in time, it frees me up to send compassion. And then I can take a look at any negative reaction I have and say, oh, well, is this the best I can do based on what I know and the tools I and resources and tools I have? Well, in the middle of that process, and me talking about this and trying to push a little bit for him to shift his perspective, he had an aha moment. And he said, wait a minute, it's almost like this person is a special needs person, like this person has Asperger's or autism or, you know, fragile X syndrome, or they simply don't, they, they can't do any better in this moment with what they're doing. And the energy shift in the person was dramatic. Sitting in my office was dramatic. Just that ability to step back and say, okay, what if this person simply can't do any better right now with what the resources they have, with the tools they have, with their past experiences? And it shifted things dramatically. And the person said they felt lighter, they could see it all, the whole situation differently, and of course this other person was in pain. You couldn't say or do something like that to another person unless you were in your own pain. So that's a big a big part of what I've seen just today. Um, I'll let you riff on that a bit. If you're there, that is. Sorry about that. That was my fault. Um, I was hearing noise on your end, Michael, so I had you muted. <laughs> oh, okay. 
So I was just, I had just expressed agreement with you and the idea that, you know, hurt people hurt people. It's just, you know, we used to do, or, or I do on occasion in intensives when the uh, situation demands it, I, I do a meditation where we, uh, you know, put somebody in a dark alley in New York City with all these, you know, sirens going on and danger all around and, and somebody sees a three-year-old child and a three-year-old child screaming in terror squeezes in behind a a dumpster. And so the the adult approaching the three-year-old child behind the dumpster reaches back to try and take the child out to comfort them, and the child bites and scratches and kicks them and you know, the injuries they get are real, but they would no more turn around and smash that three-year-old child in the face for those bites. They would be, as you said, they'd have the human attribute of compassion present and, okay, I'm willing to take some licks and some injury in order to embrace this hurting creature in love. And it certainly changes the perspective on everything, doesn't it? It can if I let it in. Yes, for sure. Well, Jeannie tells me that we have a caller. So let's say hello to our caller. I think it might be Julie from Ashland, Oregon. 541, you're on the air. Oh, hi. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hey, Um, there, young lady. Hi. Well... I have a lot, um, but I'll, I'll go briefly. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have my question formulated, but before I go anywhere, I want to find out what airport to fly into for the February uh, workshops intensives. Because there's uh, Orlando. two, and I went online to look. Yeah, I know. It says Orlando. Orlando International. But, but Orlando International. International. There's a Sanford uh, Airport, and there's Orlando International. It's Orlando International. It's... Uh, that people are flying into around one o'clock in the afternoon on the beginning day of each of the workshops. Okay. That's and then the we air, airport, that's airport code MCO. MCO. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. Thank you. And then we, we leave by 3 PM after 3 PM. Is that how the after departure 3 PM, the last day of the workshop? Yes. So and people would fly actual... in who were doing the, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the first day of the workshop is the actual day we fly in, and the last day of the workshop is the actual day we fly out. Correct. So if you were coming in for the codependent, you'd fly in on February 1st, as close to 1 o'clock in the afternoon as possible. Mm -hmm. And then you'd fly out. If you were going to do the 9-day, you'd fly out on the the 9th after 3. If you were going to do the 16-day, then you'd fly out the 16th after 3. If you were coming in for Laws of Living, you'd fly in on the 18th, as close to one in the afternoon, and you'd fly out after three o'clock in the afternoon on the fourth of March. Okay, thanks. That's very clear. Okay. Well, cool. I'm thinking about coming to this series rather than waiting till the summer because I'm just so energized and wanting to just do this now. And um, so I'm working on creating what that takes. <laughs> just wanted you to know. Okay, awesome. And. Yeah. Cool. And, so, um, is it going to be for the codependence or the laws of living? 
Well, um, I believe that I need both. <laughs> I really know that I need to work on my communication and codependence. And I just, um, so I'm going to see if I can do the whole month or, or you know, maybe okay. take a break in there where I'm not paying for the extension of the intensive, you know, something. I don't know. I'll have to talk to you privately probably about okay. all that. Okay, let's not but, break anything while we're doing it, though. Yes, yes. Let's not break anything. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, I knew a woman several years ago who kept asking for or kept saying she wanted a long break, a long break, a long break. Oh, and okay. after several, yeah. several months of asking for that, <laughs> she took a fall and broke the her arm from her shoulder down to her elbow, which is the longest bone in the body. And incidentally is the least broken bone in the body. Oh, and being the least broken bone in the body, it was interesting that the man she had divorced about 10 years earlier, six months after she broke that bone, took a fall and broke the same bone. I don't think there's a coincidence in our requests, and we impact <laughs> everything and everybody around us. So we'll just take an intermission if we do that, but however that unfolds. An intermission, yes. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um boy, all the more reason that I need this work. I want this work. I love this work. Okay, here is my um, my dilemma that I think I might be making progress on. Um, I, I went to a retreat of our, our community rights groups that we're, we're organizing ourselves and we're having retreats so that we can get cover cover some ground with each other and we were working on a mission statement, and this was like six hours of being together. And towards the end, and it was a lot of fun and good connection and, you know, nice, loving things going on. And But towards the end, an issue between two of the women came up, um, and they almost were like fighting physically. They were just in a screaming mm. match for, you know, it escalated, you know, about 30 seconds or so, and, every, you know, everybody in the room was just, you know, we were Have a nice container. Yeah. Am I, am I taking a breath right now? <sighs> and there were two therapist types that helped calm things down and, and help the two process things out. But they really didn't, they didn't, really didn't clear it out like like the work you teach clears things out, and, and I didn't expect that it would, but... Um, I, I find myself, I was, I was going to ask you, how can I help these people? I was listening to your communication DVD and the, the story about the igloo and how do you explain an igloo to someone who has no idea right. of even ice and just how long it takes to teach and, 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 and create brain cells. And so... I made one or two contributions, and I don't know. Yeah, I made a few contributions that might might have sunk in in a little different way. But I also, in trying to formulate my question with you today, I I saw that you know it was like watching my parents fight, and and that hopeless helpless thing of not knowing what to do. And so I think right. I'm coming out of that a little bit. But I I want to be so much more effective, and so. My work is to clear out those energies, you know. There's yes. no way around them. I mean, I saw that evidence by these people that were fighting in front of me. There's no way around that stuff. 
Neither one yeah, of them really a, felt that resolved. A, even yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, well you've neither one do of them your felt work around it so that you can sit there and observe that from a space of love and breathing, and that's one of the biggest contributions you can make. And as you resolve the dynamics that arises in you, and you know, I think your ability to speak up in that space is a reflection of the work you have been doing, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. I th- I think so. Um, and I also recognized that, because um, I didn't want to go to the meeting, I wanted to take care of some other things in my life and blah, 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 and my mind was... And there, it turned out we had a check-in at the beginning, and there were a few people feeling like not coming. And so there's there's, there's resistances. But I chose... Instead of being, you know, I, I saw enough of what was going on in me, that, and I chose love. I just chose that I love these people, and I want to be there as a space of love. And so, and so I was less invested in being right about what I thought the mission statement should say or anything like that. I was really willing to just go with the flow and see what happens. Partly as an observation, do I really want to remain in this group and this kind of work? So... Um, but, you know, I called what in on Thursday. Last... Hmm? What, was what was the, the focus, focus of the mission statement? What was, if you could give me just a sense of what it was oh. about. Um, um, what, when, when we talk to people about who we are and what we're doing, we want to be able to express that we are about um, changing how things are done in the government by writing our own initiatives and our own laws that are um, more respectful of community and people's rights and the rights of the environment and, and nature in general. So it's pretty big Beautiful. what we want to do. Yeah. So, so the thing to notice is that when I'm going to engage in something that big and that powerful, everything that's unlike that that's in me has to surface for healing. Oh. <laughs> so in the last analysis, what I hear you saying is what we have are two people who are, sounds like somewhat leaders in this community, who are wanting to create a community initiative for peace and justice. And mm-hmm. so all of their rage and injustice comes up for healing. Unfortunately, if we don't have the tools, when all that comes up, as it did with these two women, what do we do? We do exactly what the people that we're protesting against. We puke on each other. That's the non-being mind. That's, That's the power person dynamic that we're talking about. So when I can sit in the space of recognizing that and work through it, then I get to get free of it. And then I can actually live and create a world where a peaceful initiative has a place to live in me rather than banging up against it and willing to be violent to, uh, to pretend that it's the way the world should do things. So it sounds Mm. like, you know, you were able to be there as that space of love to support that process in yourself and in them. And that's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty cool to have the skill, to have the tools, to have the awareness, to give that gift is absolutely Fabulous to me. Well, I, well, yeah. I, it was a silent gift, pretty much, and mm-hmm. a few suggestions here and there when when I could. But I, I I'm changing. I think I'm, I'm changing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So much of the deepest healing happens in silence. Yeah. Okay, so I if I just keep doing my work so as to free myself from everything that's coming up for healing with regard to this goal, this beautiful lofty goal of effective change in our world. Um as I say that I'm going, well, <laughs> Then you become a true contributor to it. Yeah, I'll just be a and facilitator of it. Mm Mhm. But you know, it's like the day of the unhealed healer is over. (laughs) You know, we we need to face and heal what we need to. You know, what we're when you get into the the whole idea of protest and what people are protesting again against, people are generally protesting against uh, their power person. And what their mm-hmm. power person did that's being reflected in the institutions around them. Because the institutions are just a reflection of the people who are involved. And the whole culture's power person dynamic is played out through those institutions. And generally speaking, the power person dynamic in the world as it runs is unjust, it's unfair, it's abusive, and it's insane. And so we as individuals being a product of that system tend to be abusive, unjust, and insane. And when we recognize that we are, then I go, ooh, look at the insanity I'm bringing, insisting other people be sane. And I get to take Mm -hmm. a breath. I get to soften the part of my body that that energy is stored in, and I get to heal that. And now I'm a facilitator for sanity. I'm empowered to heal because... I looked at the dynamic in myself and healed it. Mm-hmm. And of course, the key and the core of the forgiveness process is that if I want to be an activist telling somebody how they should do something, then when I, and I'm in some sort of upset and irritation about it, when I cancel my goal, the core of forgiveness, I collapse into the root of my own irritation and upset, I heal that in me, and now I truly can assist in manifesting a peaceful, just world. But the person who doesn't have peace and justice in them, and of course, you know, there are a lot of people out there clamoring for justice. And for the most part, that means vengeance. They say it's justice, but they really mean vengeance. I want to get even with the person who's been unjust. And to get even, of course, I'll be unjust, but that's okay. It's fair because they were unjust. As opposed to, oh, what's the part of me that wants to be unjust? Am I going to heal it? Can I bring a mind of love to this, which brings actual transformation and healing? Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what you're learning big time. So that's pretty awesome. Well, I, I did recognize my um, my rage about being held hostage to a system that doesn't really represent us, and it's set up to to keep us from actually being heard. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then I also uh, I before this last week on Wednesday there was a hearing with the lands the, the Department of Lands Management or something like that at the state level. And and all they do is listen to us each speak for two minutes about why we think that they should not build this pipeline through the whole state of Oregon. And, you know, and there's these two people just sitting there 
taking everything that we say, recording it, and just and that's it. They don't respond or interact, and and it's it's like not being heard, you know. And it's ineffective. It seems to be ineffective. However, that's all we're offered, and um, so I I so let me ask one of those, let me, before before you, you oh, 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 before you go on, let me ask a, maybe a silly offhanded question that's you know just mm. sort of a guess, but so. <laughs> How does it look like your life? How did it look like your life in childhood mm-hmm. to think that you weren't heard and feel anger and rage about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I acted it out somewhat. I wasn't peaceful. Yeah. I didn't come from that peaceful place. I ramped up my voice. and At some point, I recognized that I really loved this person I was talking to. I just smiled in recognition of that, but I still had my points I was trying to make. Well, I think I made my points, you know. It's hard to to know. I didn't record myself. but, But, yes, that was playing out. And so that's, I guess, along with doing the work of clearing all that out of me or as much as I can in any given time, Um, when I encounter a situation like that, I'm sure I'll behave a little differently and I'll notice the change. And even other things may occur to me and I'll be guided to take different kinds of actions and different kinds of approaches. So there's all kinds of potential when I get all the the energy that does not belong in me out of the way. (laughs) Well, you don't have to get all of it out of the way in order to be effective. You just do one piece of work at a time. Yeah. Because if, if, if you think you're going to have to wait until you get it all out of the way until you're effective, you'll be sitting around for the next 200 years <laughs> waiting to be effective. You can be effective Obvious. today as you do a piece of work and still have more work to do, but, but you can be effective today with that. Okay. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm learning, and I appreciate your coaching. Thank you. Awesome. Glad to Very be on much. the team. Glad to have you on our yep. All right. Blessings. Uh-huh. All right. Thank All right. You. you have an awesome day. All righty. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. I love the process. It's just most amazing. I was talking to a young lady this morning, and she was just saying just how much she just loves being engaged in the process, even and she's been through some heavy duty layers, but even when it's painful, it's like just, and it is so amazing. It's so awesome to watch the shifts and changes that take place. And I, for one, certainly appreciate the fact that I get to do this. You know, it's like so powerful. So, Jeannie. Do we have anything going on in the chat room or anybody with a hand up? We've got about four minutes left. We do not have anybody with a hand up. The chat room is quiet. It's just guests, so they can't talk to me. So I'm sitting here waiting. So well, maybe you want to give those four guests minutes. some. Maybe you want to give those guests some instructions. Yeah, all you have to do is on Blog Talk, you have to create an account so that you're like a member of Blog Talk. And they don't ask for a whole lot of information. They need your email, and you have to verify your email. You know, they'll send you an email, and you have to verify you got it, and things like that. To It's their way of, you know, at least having some control, because occasionally we have had people 
that have kind of gone off target that we've had to hold accountable. And uh, so it's their way of being able to touch base with people. And all of a sudden now with four minutes, I've got three hands up. So let's grab the first one real quickly. (laughs) Okay, let's go for it. (laughs) All right, area code 402, you're on the air. Hi, I just, I was listening, but I didn't realize there'd be enough time. Um, I was, I'm having trouble with something. Give us a name. Physical Where are you calling here. from? Nebraska. Oh, cool. Aaron? And your name? Aaron, Aaron, welcome. How can we support you? Yeah. Um, I'm having trouble with some physical healing. And um, mm-hmm. wondered if uh, you receive any word about that or... Tell me a little bit about what's going on. Well, I was bitten by a brown recluse spider. Ouch. And also stepped on something, I think. Um, but I, the doctors are kind of, you know, so there's nothing they can do. Okay. So here's what you can do. Um, I, I don't have the name of the company that makes it. But I do know a company in Ava, Missouri, that carries it, a brown recluse spider bite kit that is absolutely awesomely effective. And I think it costs about $20. So if you get, well, actually, I can give you a phone number, I think, while we're sitting here. Uh, There's a health food store in Ava, Missouri, and the, the name of the health food store is Jeans Healthway. And I'm going to give you Jean's Healthway's that phone number. As we... Is that a male or female Jean? J J E A N apostrophe S. Okay. Jean's Healthway. And I think it's just called Brown Recluse Spider Kit, first aid kit. Yes. Yep, it okay. is. And her phone number, just give me a second here and I'll have it for you, is... Team, maybe you want to. Oh, actually, yeah, it's it's made by a guy named Bob Leepert, uh, and it's just a brown recluse spider kit. And Gene's uh, Healthways number is area code four one seven. Uh huh. Six eight six eight three. Okay. Three zero two six. Four one seven six eight three 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 zero two six. Okay. I'm just I call and order that, right. and I, you know, I can't say 100%. It's going to take care of what's going on for you. I don't know how long the bite's been there and such, but in 100% of the cases that I'm aware of, where people have gotten bites, and I've had several, and I've recommended that kit, their bite is taken care of and handled with no problem. Yeah, it's gotten into the muscles in my leg, and Ouch. Um, it's bad. Yeah, it's it's been a few months. Ouch. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'd I'd be calling Jeans right right this minute and get one on the way to you, and uh, follow uh, the instructions in the kit. If it's gone that deep, you might want to order two kits, so you've got the materials. And uh, um, again, I I haven't uh, had experience with somebody who's had a bite that's that old, but uh, uh, you know, with, yeah, with bites that are just starting to eat away at the flesh, I've seen people who uh, who put that on and it's just taken care of it. So, and if the if the damage is continuing, I would expect that it even however long it's been that it would take care of any more advancement of the uh, 
of the enzymes. Basically, what the spider does is in, uh, injects an enzyme that just digests tissue, and uh, you got to get that out of there. And that's this kit is very effective at doing that. And antibiotics. Okay. I mean, the medical approach is antibiotics. Antibiotics don't take care of those enzymes. It just isn't a, a virus or a bacteria. It's not what it's about. And our time is up. Right. I apologize. Let's talk tomorrow. Okay. Blessings.